Hey everybody, this is Matt Hardman with the Race Nerd Podcast for you, right here on CKCC Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We've definitely got a lot to talk about, and I'm recording here on a Tuesday morning, and you're probably asking yourself, why a Tuesday morning? And that is because we had a long delayed, (laughs) um, postponed cup race on Sunday, moved to Monday, and um, the theme of the week is first time, and uh, that is because we had three first time winners in um, this weekend in the trucks, Xfinity, and the Cup Series, Uh, something that has never been done before in the history of NASCAR, three first time winners on all three of NASCAR's top touring series. Uh, we also have news on the um, the passing of Briggs Cunningham III, longtime ARCA owner, and the death of John West Townley. Uh, but before we get to all that, um, we've got a pop quiz notes. Um, up until this weekend, kind of give away a spoiler here, um, before Bo Wallace, uh, visited Victory Lane, uh, for 23-11 racing, when was the last time the McDonald's car visited Victory Lane? Uh, answer a little later in the show, not quite at the end, because it does play into what I'm going to talk about about Talladega. Uh, but first, I, I want to get uh, some of the some of this other stuff out of the way. Uh, first, I do want to I have uh, I do want to talk about uh, Briggs Cunningham and John West Townley. Uh, Briggs Cunningham, as I said, was a longtime ARCA Series owner and a former championship owner in that series. Uh, many drivers uh, came through his ranks. Um, the Parker Clickerman, the truck series driver, along with being a uh, NASCAR uh, pit road uh, reporter, uh, had come up through um, the Cunningham Racing Program early in his career. Uh, Myatt Snyder, uh, son of former pit road reporter, Marty Snyder had actually come up through uh, the, um, the Cunningham Racing Team. Uh, Maya, uh, who is now in the uh, Xfinity Series driver for uh, Richard Childress Racing. Uh, and most notably, and this, this is the one that breaks my heart when I, when I saw when I saw his tweet on um, on Facebook and on Jayski was Chase Briscoe, who Briscoe won the ARCA Series title uh, driving for Cunningham Racing. Uh, he viewed um, Briggs as both a grandfatherly figure and a mentor to him on his way up um, the stock car ladder, and would actually carry 
Briggs' name on the uh, above his driver's side door at Talladega and would carry a special sticker and said that he would be honoring um, Briggs Cunningham all season long on his car. Uh, this isn't the first driver who's obviously carried this. Um, uh, most notably, Jimmy Johnson for his entire cup career. Uh, if you look right underneath the headlight on all of his cup cars, there's a little decal honoring his friend and former uh, competitor, Blaze Alexander. Uh, Blaze, who from Pennsylvania had competed in the Arca Series and at the time in the Xfinity Series with uh, Johnson in 2000. Um, Blaze was killed in a wreck at Charlotte um, in an ARCA race in 2001. Um, so uh, this is an honorable gesture. Uh, I know Kligerman ran a, um, a uh, Cunningham paint scheme in the ARCA truck race in honor of uh, his former team owner. Um, and this is, this is sad, because I know uh, Briggs Cunningham, he, he cultivated a lot of drivers, you know, from Kligerman to, uh, obviously, Chase Briscoe and Myatt Snyder, and many, many more. Um, those are just the three biggest ones. Um, but he, he played such an important part of the series and was such a, a fatherly and grandfatherly figure and a mentor. Uh, him and Kerry Shears' uh, Cunningham Motorsports team was definitely a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I know um, Briggs and Shear had sold the team um, a few years back to Chad Bryant. Um, the team is still in operation under the Bryant name. Uh, but it, it, it's sad to hear, especially such a long-time Arca Series owner um, passing away. Um, Moving on, the other bit of news, uh, I heard this during the, um, during the overlap of time between the ARCA, uh, not the ARCA race, the truck race and the Xfinity race on Saturday was that John West Townley, along with a female, were shot in a Georgia home, uh, and, um, there were really no details. I heard this from Claire B. Lang um, on uh, NASCAR XM Radio Saturday. And um, initially, details were sparse. Uh, went online, found the Athens report, uh, said that, uh, you know, that they were both shot. The woman was in serious condition and Townley died at the hospital. Uh, they, the, artic the original article said that there was a uh, domestic, uh, domestic situation was suspected, uh, but didn't elaborate. Then came a, a report that was shared by Jenna Fryer from a newspaper uh, called Capital City something, or Central City something. I, I forget the name of the paper. Uh, I didn't pay much credence into it because it was the only, uh, initially it was the only source that had the details that said um, Townley had gone to this house, uh, which had his 
Uh, now ex-wife and another man in it with an axe. And um, the family was shot in self-defense. And the woman was hit uh, by another bullet. Uh, I didn't pay much credence to it. Uh, I didn't pay much credence. Um, I know Jennifer Iyer. Uh, I, I, I know her work. And, and I know that sometimes, you know, it's more, it seems more clickbait than anything. I'm not a, personally, I'm not a fan of Jennifer Iyer's work. Um, but she was the first uh, to really share this news. So then, um, as right before our, <laughs> right before the world stopped turning when Facebook and a good chunk of social media went down, um, you know, the Athens Police Department um, statement had come out, which had confirmed the article. Uh, initially had this statement not come out uh, prior to prior to everything, I, I would not even really glance over the subject, but now that I got it, um, that Townley did go to the house uh, with a hatchet, there was a struggle, Townley was shot, and the woman was shot in the abdomen. Um, it appears that, you know, by the police report, that Townley was the aggressor and that this acted in self-defense. Now, it's, it's sad all the way around. I mean, domestic uh, domestic issues are, are nothing to fuck with, um, especially where this is a divorce that appears, I, I, I don't even want to speculate on it, um, but all we know are the facts that Townley went to this house with a hatchet, uh, as stated in the police report, and, um, he was shot. Uh, I, I really have no, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and try to justify John West Townley or, or um, really justify the situation in general. All I know is John West Townley was a former uh, NASCAR driver, uh, had attempted a Cup race, raced in the Xfinity Series for a while. Uh, won a truck race at Las Vegas, won a pole at Michigan, um, you know, and those are just some things you don't luck into, uh, won three races in the ARCA series, including two at Daytona, uh, ran for, um, teams like, uh, Rav Racing, Robbie Benton's team, uh, with Brack Maggart, only because I like to say Brack Maggart, uh, and also, um, run for in the Xfinity series and probably his biggest ride was driving for Richard Childress Racing in the famed 21 car in that series um, for five races before being released and replaced with um, Clint Boyer uh, would also run for uh, Red Horse Racing in the truck series and uh you know, I, I think most, when, when I think of um, John West Townley, uh, I could think of two things, well, three things throughout his career. His Zaxby's sponsorship, uh, Zaxby's chicken, um, 
Fried Chicken Chain was co-owned by his co-owned and co-founded by his father, Tony Townley, uh, who was also the owner of Athenian Motorsports, who uh, later in his career, John West would drive for, uh, for his family-owned team. Uh, also, uh, the fact that uh, John West, um, I've seen him race in person a couple of times. Um, first was Rockingham, uh, and, and the second was Eldora. And, um, well, at Eldora came, came the phrase that became synonymous with a caution, um, at least at that race anyway, was fucking John West. And that was because every time you looked, it was either him or teammate Hermain Kuroda um, spinning um, in practice or in qualifying, or even in the heats. Um, I believe he spun the cup race, too. You know, had to go, had, had to go for the gusto. Um, but, you know, that was two things. Then, who can ever forget his play fight with Spencer Gallagher um, at Gateway a few years back? That, that went viral. You know, the two of them had gotten into a wreck. Um, Basically, it looked like John West tried to DDT um, uh, Gallagher, uh, you know, and this this video went viral, uh, especially the video of the commentary with longtime pro wrestling announcer and um, Oklahoma Sooner uh, former play-by-play um, -play guy, uh, Jim Ross, good old JR, had done this, and um, it was shared by Fox Sports. <laughs> if you want to see the video of the fight, uh, definitely go and watch the Jim Ross one because, wow, he, it was that that that'll 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 live in infamy. That that fight will live in infamy with that call. Um, anyway, you know, not trying to make light of the situation, but those are just three things that pop into my head when I hear John West. I know he's had issues throughout his career, um, injuries. Uh, he was suspended uh, by Rab Racing for a DUI. Um, and, and, you know, many things throughout his career, but to, for something like this to happen, it's tragic. And I, and I do know that there's stories of these fall from grace, even for NASCAR drivers. Um, I've talked about it on a previous podcast about Sean Case, the uh, former Bush East series and uh, driver uh, who, um, you know, who was making his way up the ranks of NASCAR. And when his career fizzled out, um, you know, there there is the whole story on him. You can Google that. And uh, I've, the less said about what happened to Rick Crawford after he left NASCAR, the better. Um, but like I said, there's there's always these uh, fall from grace stories, and John West is, is no doubt any different. Um, but I, I I'm just I'm avoiding kind of kind of celebrating it because I mean it's just a really shitty story to talk about, especially on a day on on a weekend where we had so much history made. Uh, on the track, that we don't need this to detract from it. 
Um, but getting to the on-track stuff, we did have three races in a span of three days and what was supposed to be a two-day weekend uh, with three first-time winners. And if you had me, if you asked me if there would be any first-time winners this weekend, I would give you maybe one, um, but not three. And if you would ask me to pick who would be the first-time winners, I probably would have got all three wrong. Uh, we would start off with Saturday in the truck race, which would see Tate Fogelman, um, a young man from uh, North Carolina, uh, driving for Randy Young's Young's Motorsports team, um, pick up his first career win, and the second ever career win for Young's Motorsports. Uh, their previous win came two years ago at the same track on the same weekend uh, with Spencer Boyd behind the wheel. Uh, now Boyd's teammate uh, picks up his first career win in, in, a, in a race that saw Tate Fogelman's truck mangled. I mean, we saw this with Bristol and A.J. Allmendinger and wrecking at the finish. This was no different as Fogelman would get into John Hunter Nemechek, and Nemechek would spin coming through the checkered. Fogelman would, um, would be collected with uh, Tyler Hill, Timmy Hill's brother, who would finish second, uh, his best ever career win. In a race that saw many, many of the Truck Series championship contenders have issues, uh, makes it very, very interesting for what's going to happen. Um, not to be outdone, we would move on to the Xfinity series, which that race was a little less hectic with, um, with, uh, the, than the truck race, um, with, I'm having trouble getting the words out of my, Brandon Brown with his family owned team, um, Brandon built motorsports, picking up his first career win, uh, in a race that was shortened due to darkness as it had rained um, prior to the, prior to the uh, finish of the race, which saw a red flag. They were able to start back up, but fog and um, darkness coming in would, um, would shorten the race. Brandon Brown in the 68 car picks up his first career win, and this is really good, especially for a family-owned team, uh, a team that had, you know, had made the playoffs uh, last year or two years ago, and was able to, um, you know, doing their best with the limited budget compared to teams like JR Motorsports and Penske and whatnot. Uh, this is a big feather in the cap of Brandon Barrow Motorsports and a certainly an accolade that they can't take away from that team or Brandon Brown. Uh, we move on to Sunday. Uh, Reigns push. Uh, the cup race back. Uh, so, no cup race on Sunday. It is moved to 1 o'clock on Monday. And we would see some action. We would see some thrills. And we would see some historic stuff go down as Bubba Wallace. Um, Bubba Wallace, who had 
been handpicked by Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan to lead their new team, 2311 Motorsports. Um, picks up his first career Cup Series win in a rain-shortened race, uh, darkness-shortened race, uh, race called after 117 laps. And um, this one certainly would have had Facebook on fire, but Facebook was down when this all happened. Um, this, this one saw a little bit of everything. You had Kevin Harvick up front, you had the Fords all working together, um, you had a big hit for the points leader, uh, Kyle Larson with a wreck early in the race. Uh, you saw other other Hendrick drivers like uh, William Byron, Alex Bowman have issues. Bowman was not able to finish the race. Uh, Kyle Larson uh, brought out a couple of ca brought out another caution after his wreck uh, involving um, a blown tire. And this this was big. This really could have shaken up the points as now it brings Kevin Harvick. Uh, who, at the beginning of this round, was sitting 12th in points. It brings him 9 points out of the cutoff line going into the Roval. Um, so this is, this is huge. Um, obviously, Bubba Wallace playing spoiler, making sure that none of the championship contenders can lock their way into the next round. The only one that's still um, completely locked in is Denny Hamlin, who won the opening round at Las Vegas. Um, and Bubba Wallace's is significant. It's not only his first career win, it's the first win for um, 2311 racing. It is also the first win for McDonald's in 27 years. Now think about it. Um, McDonald's has been a sponsor since 1993, first starting with Hut Strickland and the Junior Johnson uh, Ford Thunderbird as a teammate to Bill Elliott. Uh, Jimmy, jo uh, Jimmy Spencer would take it to two wins uh, at Daytona and Talladega. So there's the answer to your trivia question. 27 years ago at Talladega, the same track Bubba Wallace wins on. McDonald's goes to Victory Lane. Um, you know, then, then for the 1995 season, through 2000, it would be uh, on the um, the Bill Elliott 94 car, which had some good runs, but was never able to uh, come away with a win. Although, it certainly had some of the best cars in show during that time period. Uh, then, uh, then we would have... Um, Yeah, then we'll bounce around. Um, it would be on Bill Elliott's car when he would um, would go over to Everham Motorsports. Um, eventually, you know, Elliott Sadler, you know, and so on and so on. And um, it would eventually land on land at Chip Ganassi Racing with um, Jamie McMurray and Kyle Larson and. Even last year with um, with um, 
Matt Kenseth. Sorry, I was drawing, I'm blanking on the name there. But uh, this would be the first time it would actually hit victory lane. And um, so not only was this a big, like I said, a big win for um, Bubba, the 2311, and McDonald's, but this is also a huge win for NASCAR as Wallace becomes the second driver, uh, African-American driver to win a Cup Series race, um, the first being the late um, driver, Hall of Famer, Wendell Scott. Uh, so this is very significant, and as I said, I'm really glad that um, a lot of uh, social media was down because uh, some of the stuff, I mean, even coming out today people are up in arms over this um that that it was a cheap win that um you know he he lucked himself into this this is a fluke this and that blah 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 and a lot of it just was absolute hatred um towards bubba wallace um you know over you know over you know just racial shit it's ignorant it, it really is ignorant and it and it makes makes me glad that you know facebook and instagram and all that shit were down uh during during the time of this win um because the ignorance is astounding but um we move on to the roval next uh with the xfinity series and uh, the Cup Series competing there. The trucks move on to Martinsville, I believe, is their next race, um, which will start setting the seating for um, the season finale at Phoenix. So, um, moving on, we do have some other news. Um, first, we have from the IndyCar world Simon Pagano, uh, former. Indy 500 winner and um, series champion will be moving on uh, to uh, to a new team. Um, surprisingly, he is leaving Penske Racing. Um, and what came as a shocker to me, but I really haven't been following too too much uh, with off season stuff. Um, you know, at least the rumor mill part um, that he would be either be leaving or that Penske would not re-sign him, but he is moving to Meyershank Racing, uh, moving to the 60 car where he will be replacing Jack Harvey, which uh, was moving on to a third Ray Hall, Lang uh, Ray Hall Letterman team, um, and that this would bring Pagano and Helio Castroneves is the one-two punch for that Honda-backed team. Uh, giving them, giving that team uh, five Daytona 500 wins and a championship. Um, certainly leadership you wouldn't mind having, and especially uh, giving Helio Castro Neves, uh, who just won the Daytona, uh, the Indianapolis 500 this year for his fourth career win, a, a, a strong teammate. 
uh, a teammate that'll work well and all. Um, in other news, a rookie test will be set for Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, the seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, a rookie test will be as he is dipping his toes in the water, not just in the IndyCar Series, which he did for the 2020 season running the road courses, but there certainly is interest that he will be running the ovals as well, or at least the date of the Indianapolis 500. Um, I know that there had been talk of it, but now it's more coming to fruition. Uh, so this could be huge um, if, um, if Seven Time were to make the Indy 500. I think this, at least in the U.S., would be on par as Fernando Alonso um, attempting the Indy 500. Um, speaking of IndyCar drivers in Formula One, Pato Award uh, will be testing a McLaren F1 car, uh, I believe in a few weeks, as Zach Brown, um, owner of both McLaren Schmidt-Peterson Racing, um, and majority owner of the McLaren F1 team will be setting it up soon. So Pato Award, at, and it's viewed that Pato Award is the future of IndyCar, along with Colton Herter and Alex Palau. Um, and it would be a shame if Award were to leave IndyCar for F1, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, he I think he's done a lot in just a very, very short time in IndyCar. You know, he's picked up a couple of wins this season. He was in the hunt for a championship in his second full season. Um, so there may not be a jump to F1 right away, um, but you never know. Um, on the NASCAR side, uh, we had the announcement that uh, a charter has been secured for the 45 car uh, of 2311 Racing for 2022. And a crew chief has been picked. Um, no announcement has been made on either of those, uh, but Denny Hamlin has gone on record to say that uh, his co-own team with Michael Jordan uh, will have a charter and a crew chief that Kurt Busch, um, the already announced driver for that team, uh, is familiar with and has worked with in the past, and that it is also a... Um, a crew chief that uh, is currently employed. Um, so this rules out people like Jimmy Fenning um, and whatnot. Uh, Fenning, who was a crew chief for a good part of um, Kurt Busch's tenure with Roush Racing. Um, my my thought would be, you know, could it could it be somebody like Mike Wheeler, who was the crew chief for Bubba Wallace up until this weekend when he was replaced by Robert Booty Barker. Um, Booty Barker, one of the more uh, notable crew chiefs in the garage. Um, I love Booty Barker. He is he he's a great soundbite. Um, he's also a tremendous crew chief and. Um, you know, so, some people say that's the crew chief in the wheelchair, but Booty Barker is a very intelligent uh, crew chief. Um, who knows, it could be him, but I think after 
Talladega. We'll, we'll see how that goes. He may become the permanent uh, crew chief for um, Bubba Wallace because they did work very well together um, with that team. Uh, so, so is yet to be determined. Um, you know, as I said, we move on to the Roval and all um, next week, which will be a cutoff race. Will we see Kevin Harvick move into that top eight? Will we have a first-time winner? Could somebody beat Chase Elliott at the Roval, who has won the last two races? Um, you know. Who knows? Anything can happen. You know, can we see another first-time winner? Because, I mean, this is what? Last weekend, we had a first-time winner in the Xfinity and the trucks um, at Las Vegas. Then we had a f three first-time winners. Will this trend continue? I mean, we did start off the season on a good note with first-time winners um, at Daytona and uh, the, the uh, Daytona road course. So you never know what can happen uh, at these races. Um, could be very interesting, you know. Could we actually see um, a driver like Chase Briscoe pick up their first win? I mean, he's very good at the road courses. Uh, you know, who you know who knows? I mean, Chase Briscoe is the winner of the inaugural Xfinity um, Roval race. You know, and he has been running pretty decent um, the second half of the season. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll never know. Um, switching gears real quick, if you haven't checked out uh, On the Road with the Race Nerd, my podcast where I talk about anything, and I'm usually in the mobile studio, hence the name, On the Road with the Race Nerd. Uh, I'll talk about anything. I have... Um, one episode currently up on Patreon, uh, a new episode of my revamped series. Uh, a second episode is already in the can and ready to be sent to um, Chris O'Mealy uh, of CKCC Radio. Uh, there is um, there is a third episode, um, probably going to be recorded sometime this week. Um, and you may want to tune in for that. I think that one may be a little more in the the NASCAR thing. Um, I'm kind of kind of dabbling with what I want to talk about, but I do have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Um, not just about NASCAR or motorsports in general, but you know, just um, sports and whatnot. Um, that's going to be more sports. Uh, centric episode and um i have an announcement um for uh and i had mentioned it on the on the road with the race nerd um for the patrons because this is a patreon exclusive episode um if we get some more patrons i'm going to be doing two giveaways um patrons who hear that episode will be able to hear first um i will announce it at next week's show, but my goal is to kind of build up the number of patrons for um, the Club Kayfabe Creative Community um, through this show, because there are a lot of good shows on there. There is, obviously, On the Road with the Race Nerd, 
um, Jeff Trelowitz, uh, who is an author and a friend of mine, um, actually through Facebook and um, the Club Kayfabe Creative Community. Uh, he has a show where he does some special episodes of his program, Ranking Tracks, than Chris O'Mealy does. Um, you know, he, him and Dan Peck do the, um, the, the Wrestle Talk program, the VIP Wrestle Talk, uh, which is a lot of fun. And Chris does his own show called Shooting Straight, um, which he talks about many different topics across a vast spectrum. Um, and, uh, you know, you should definitely check those out. They're a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, it, it only starts at $5 a month. So, uh, you know, it's certainly worth the money, because uh, $5 is what, a cup of coffee and a bagel at Dunkin' Donuts? Um, or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, you know, but $5 a month is not bad. And you get weekly programming. You know, you get at least, you know, at any given time, eight to ten shows a month. Uh, possibly more. So, it, it's definitely something to check out and to help boost it. I do have um, some prizes. They are kind of, they're kind of in the NASCAR ballpark. But these are, these are really cool prizes. Um, they're very unique. Um, I have uh, two drawings going on. And they will be going on um, on a date announced later in the year. Um, but I just want to get this out there. So in case you're wavering on the fence uh, when it comes to um, should I or should I not sign up for um, uh, CKCC Radio's Patreon page, you definitely want to do this if you definitely want to be in these drawings. Because I can tell you right now, um, I got these at a... Um, not really in a state sale, but at a closeout. And for what I paid for them is a lot cheaper than what you'll find them for anywhere. Um, and they're not diecasts. I'm going to set this out there. They're not diecasts. They're not anything cheesy. Um, one of them was uh, something that was released to... Um, donate funds for charity um and the other one i don't know where or how they were released but i do know that these are cool very very cool i'm actually kind of jealous i'd love to keep them for myself but um yeah that's not i have got i've got kids i've got i've got four kids uh, from 20 to the age of five and having having these in the house they would probably get broken and broken really quickly and that makes me kind of sad about it so i don't want to do uh anything like that right now um you know so these are definitely a a auction not an auction item but a giveaway item so when that happens i will set them up um but you, if you've got any questions about Patreon or any of the other questions, feel free to message me um, through the Race Nerd Podcast on Facebook. Or you can even um, email me at racenerd.com. Racenerd 
ckcc at outlook.com. Um, you know, give me thoughts on the show. Give me uh, thoughts if you have questions or um, have any information um, that you'd like to share along. Uh, feel free to get a hold of me. Uh, continue checking out the plethora of programming on CKCC Radio. Uh, there is a lot of good stuff. Um, there's uh, the Race Nerd uh, program that you are listening to. There is also the Nerd Table, where they talk everything nerd culture. Um, and that is a very, very fun show with Eric, Dan, and Chris. Uh, ranking Tracks, Jeff Trellowitz's show. Uh, he's got his other show, Paranormal Talk, if you're into the spooky stuff. And this is October, so this is definitely the time for spooky stuff. I'm sure he's saved the good shit for this month. Um, there is also Matt Durline with his two shows. Uh, Matt Durline, a... Um, professional wrestling referee, and uh, Chris Decker hosts the A-Show, where they bring on guests and they draft a wrestling roster and create their own wrestling program. And there is a show called By the Numbers, which Matt looks back with many wrestlers that he has been in the ring with and uh, take a retrospective of their matches. Um... I highly suggest if you're going to listen to By the Numbers, go back and listen to the very first episode with Joey Image, uh, a good friend of mine, um, one of my brother's best friends, actually, and um, listen to his show. Uh, Joey is always very entertaining for a soundbite, um, probably one of the more hilarious shows you can find. Um, there's also... Uh, Motiv- motivational moods with Adrian Cotton. Uh, Adrian does a show each and every month. Um, there's also the Board to Death binge cast where Jay Winger and friends uh, all get together and talk about a program or a TV series and um, get you caught up on everything you need to know about it. I know recently they did the one on the new Venom movie, uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage. Uh, I haven't seen the movie yet, um, I really want to, and from what I heard, it's a lot better than the first one, and the thing is, I really enjoyed the first one, um, one of the best non-MCU films, uh, in a long, long time, non let me rephrase this, non-M- MCU and non-related to the DC universe, um, so you know it's going to uh, be good, uh, if I say that. Well, then again, I did kind of watch, you know, uh, um, a, a comic book movie that I, I'm not going to spoil it for you, because that may be a future, um, Future on the road with the race nerd talk. Uh, so, anyway, there's all those shows and so much more. Check out ckccradio.com or uh, just plug it into your um, your uh, your iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your shows um, and check that out. And a, a really really quick non CKCC radio shout out. Um, if you're a fan of racing history, there's two shows for you. Um, Rick Houston has a show with um, 
as part of Dirty Mo Media, uh, Dale Jr.'s um, media company and podcasting company. Um, and it's called the Wrecked Flipped Over. I'm going to butcher the name. The Wrecked Flipped Over something something podcast. And it is a, a very, very uh, entertaining show. I know the last episode dealt with um, Brett Bodine's 1990 win at North Wilkesboro. Did he luck into it? Did NASCAR hand that to him due to a scoring error? Um, did he earn that? And it, it's a good retrospective episode. Um, my favorite and an eye-opening one was um, Mark Martin's Lost Championship in 1990. Um, how that all came about, and this just doesn't uh, talk about the um, the uh, the 1990 Richmond race, the second race of the season, where Mark was heavily penalized for an oversized carburetor. This talks about the whole 1990 season uh, from the eyes of Steve Meal. Uh, who was crew chief for the team at the time. Um, very, very interesting one, because that was right around the time I started following the sport full-time. Uh, and it had stuff I did not know in it. Uh, even all these years later, I did not know. Um, and his other show is the Scene Vault podcast, where he conducts interviews, and they're usually broken up into two or three episodes with many, many drivers. Um, the most recent one is a three-part episode with Jimmy Spencer talking about sound bites. Those three episodes were definitely a sound bite and a half. Um, Jimmy talks about his entire career, talks about his feud with, um, Kurt Busch and his, pretty much his feud with everybody. Um, and what Jimmy is doing now. Uh, definitely something to listen to and check out. I highly suggest if you're a longtime race fan like myself, you, you're going to want to check out those two programs. And like I said, check out everything on CKCC Radio. Maybe you'll find something you like. And if you really like what you hear on CKCC Radio, really consider um, Patreon.com's uh, uh, programming, uh, of which CKCC Radio uh, has their own little page. So, check those out, and if you really like CKCC Radio, and you really want to hear the Patreon stuff, it, like I said, it's only $5 a month. Uh, I'm, I'm done with my, uh, my, my, my bagathon. I feel like PBS now. Had to, had to slither my way through that, but I, I really want um, CKCC Radio to grow. I think it's a really great thing. And if you have any ideas for any podcasts, or if you're interested in finding out about podcasts, um, definitely feel free to get a hold of me, and I can put you in touch with the people in charge of CKCC Radio. Um, yeah, and, and, if, and if they like your idea or your thoughts, you know, maybe you could have your own show. Um, it's, it's really not hard, to be honest. I mean, if I could have my own podcast and my own pay podcast, uh, well, I'm not getting paid, but, you know, to help you keep CKCC radio going, um, then anybody could do it. Uh, so with that said, we move on to the Roval this week <laughs> and, um, I will talk to you then. And in the meantime, if you are a uh, patron subscriber, I will talk to you later this week with a all-new episode of On the Road with the Race Nerd. 
Until then, I'm Matt Hardman, and I will see you.